Hello and welcome to another episode of the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, PFF's IDP specialist and data analyst. I am back in the saddle after a few weeks with the new baby, but probably more important to some is that the NFL draft just happened a couple weeks ago and we have plenty of rookie landing spots to discuss. We're going to dive into which ones we loved, which ones we hated, and then gets to ranking them here post-draft. So let's get it. ready to go i'm happy to be back after a mini hiatus and having the young king evan ronda fill in for me as host which i cannot thank him for enough so let's get back to it the last episode of this show that i was on was the rookie linebacker preview episode before the draft so it's only fitting that i return when the linebackers need to be discussed again and speaking of returns also back to continue our talk on these linebackers from idpguys.org the molson brothers rise again mr kyle <laughs> bellifuel kb how's it hanging man Dude, I'm doing good, man. The Molson brothers are back in the saddle, That's right? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm doing good. Um, I'm happy to be back, and, and uh, I'm happy, you know, we were talking before the show. I'm happy to hear that, you know, the family's doing good, your little man's doing good, and and uh, that you're back. And Evan filled in well. That was some great episodes. Um, really enjoyed those. And, um, yeah, man, the, the draft's always wild, and and uh, it's just crazy to see how things change post-draft too here, man. Oh yeah, yeah. There was there was uh, there was a lot in this draft. It it wasn't shaping up to be like the most exciting draft. Um, yeah. Because of I mean mostly <laughs> because of the quarterbacks, right? But then right that first round was pretty wild. There was a lot of trades, and I mean big name wide receivers getting moved. The defense yeah. starting the run, uh, the first five picks, right? So it was uh, there was a lot going on in that draft, and and yeah, a lot of linebacker landing spots that. Um, not nothing too sexy, but uh, right. <laughs> we'll yeah we'll cover them all. But um, it it was a fun draft, and yeah, it is always crazy. But the, yeah, the trades right, the trades were insane. The trades were nuts. That was just like nonstop trades. It was. <laughs> did, did you like get to the point? I got to the point where I quit tracking them. You know, like because it's like I always when a trade happens, I I always love to see what they got in return, right? Right on where they're picking or whatever. And after a few came through, I was just like, I just. I gave up. <laughs> yeah, like the first, well, because the first night we did the the live stream, right, yep. um, with the with everybody, and uh, the, like the so I didn't have the TV on or anything. I was just getting kind of updated, like as they were happening. Um, I think okay. it was Evan oh, wow. was announcing like what the picks were, yeah. and I I lost complete track of who was getting what and who was going yeah. where, and yeah, I was forgetting who was on what team at certain points. As I, I, <laughs> I was like naming the Cardinals linebackers. I think I left out DeAndre Hopkins at one point. <laughs> It's just like who do they have like what is going on like it was just like it it blew my mind man it was crazy yeah Yeah, and then the player trades you know like yeah like you're saying and then like aj brown getting moved dude it's like nothing i've seen before it was wild yeah it was it was a crazy night yeah it was it was definitely fun it was like uh it was basically like watching a fantasy league unfold oh yeah uh, and and just go nuts so it was yeah it was a good time 
absolutely yeah man so yeah i'm 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 happy to be back and yeah like you said evan evan did a great job filling in and uh, i'm glad that uh the people enjoyed those episodes as well but uh looking forward to to doing this regularly again we'll we'll do the linebackers and then i'll be back again with joey doing the edge guys and 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 glosser doing the safety so that, that those awesome. will be fun um but yeah, we got we got a ton of linebackers drafted, but we're basically what we're going to do like we're we're going to talk the first 10 um off-ball linebackers that were drafted and then if there were any other ones who we think are are worth discussing, uh we'll kind of add those in at the end and then uh and like we said, we'll we'll rank them as well. So um yeah, let, let's get into it. Um I know we got a lot to discuss, so we'll we'll start things <laughs> off and uh probably the most talked about IDP since the draft. At least I've spent probably too much time talking about him. Uh, <laughs> Quay you, Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Quay Walker taken by the Green Bay Packers, your Green Bay Packers, with the twenty second <laughs> overall pick. How you feeling about the Packers going linebacker in round one? And how do you feel about Quay for IDP purposes? Yeah, um, I mean the Packers just make it interesting on draft day every freaking year, right? Um, I was in my buddy's basement. We were having some drinks, playing some cards or whatever. Then we're watching the picks as they unfold. And here comes Green Bay at 22. And all the wide receivers, you know, rant were off the board by the time they yeah. got to 22. So we are trying to piece together what, what they might do, you know. And honestly, I couldn't even tell you what we were thinking or what the group, you know, what the group thought was at the time. I know for sure it wasn't Quay Walker. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So that was um, that was a I was a surprise. I'm sure you know you guys were as shocked as I was, and oh, yeah. it, it was like a good solid five seconds of silence before any of us said anything when the pick came through. All being <laughs> Green Bay fans and trying to figure out what wide receivers were still available, who you know, with all the other guys gone. But um, you know, <clears throat> so then you go from. You know, that night I was just, you know, we were having a good time with the cocktails and cards and we were even playing basement roulette at some point because we, we just wanted, <laughs> we were just wanting to gamble, do whatever after Quay Walker got picked. But uh, anyway, um, you know, the next day reading into it a little more, trying to get some perspective on what they were doing, I, I understand it more. I'm just, uh, you know, I don't understand the value of Quay Walker at 22 is the big thing mm-hmm. from, from a team NFL value-wise standpoint. But you know the picks in, and then you got to move on and, and figure out what's what's next, right? And what and then you know for us being IDP degenerates, what does that mean, um, you know, for IDP? So you know right off the bat, and we've had some conversation, plenty of it on Twitter, and you've had other conversations, I'm sure I've had as well with other people, is like how many snaps does Quay get as a rookie, right? Green right. Bay is a big time one linebacker team. They have been last year. They were they were with Devondre, and Devondre was awesome. Um, so right away, Brian Gutenkus comes out as presser right after they make the first, the two first round picks. And he says what they see in Quay is a player, a big player with long arms and range and athletic ability. You know, he, he, they think he has coverage upside. They like him as a blitzer. And that's something you alluded to in the, uh, in the national championship game is they blitzed him a ton. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, he has the capability and, you know, he talked about how Joe Barry wants to sub less. They want. They feel like Quay Walker gives them the ability to stay in base and nickel more, and that's something they're excited about. So they're saying the right things, right? <laughs> so that's you know, and you're trying to get some perspective on it. That's what you want to hear, right? You know, it, it gives the, the defense more flexibility, this and that. But you look at last year, 
So, you know, Chris Barnes was the LB2 last year, and Chris Barnes is a limited player compared to Quay. I mean, that's pretty obvious if you watched Barnes play or, you know, read stuff on Twitter or whatever. So Barnes played 527 snaps, 52% last year. So, I mean, the big number, the big thing is, like I said, how many snaps does Quay play as a rookie? They're saying the right things if they want to stay in base and nickel more. You know, they play more nickel than they do 3-4 base by by, by uh, quite a bit. But, um, you know, so – you know, is 750 snaps a reasonable number as a rookie, do you feel? That that would put him right about 75% last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find that number. So I know I'm a little more optimistic than you are, but I've also I'm also a pessimistic Packer fan. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the the big thing is there's you know, they're saying all the right things with Joe Barry wanting to sub less and the flexibility, you know, you're just the flexibility of staying in base and nickel more. And then you look at the roster construction too. Um, I think I brought this up when we were talking on Twitter, you know, Jair coming back mm-hmm. and then they re- they bring back Rasul Douglas and they have Eric Stokes and Stokes is going to stay on the outside. And now they're talking about Jair possibly moving into the slot. You know, he's, he's a smaller corner, yeah. you know, what five ten one ninety ish and Douglas can play in the slot. So they have the three corners and they're talking, you know, Walker gives them this flexibility to, to run more two linebackers and stay out there in that nickel. So it's a defense that just screams more nickel to me. It's just a matter of, are they going to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, but you look at the personnel. Um, so, you know, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic that he gets, you know, could he get to that 700, 750 snap number? Right. I think there's a good chance personally, just by looking at, at, what they're building and how they're doing it. And they're saying everything right, but I'm cautiously optimistic because I've been burned before by this scenario. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, sometimes if I personally feel like I'm blinded by my Packer blinders and, you know, in the new, the new toy there. But, um, I, I mean, I hate to ramble here and make this a Quay Walker Packer pod, but that that's my whole mindset here yeah. is what, what are they building schematically? And then they draft. I like the Devonte Wyatt pick not to get on a whole that tangent there. Cause I like the player and I like, he is just a gap penetrating three tech that can just destroy stuff, you know? Yeah. And uh, he, he could be a real problem. So just, I like, you know, they're saying the right things schematically. It just, it looks like a team that it looks like they could stay in nickel more with the corners and this, this new linebacker that they feel gives them this flexibility. They think he can play coverage. They think he mm-hmm. can blitz. They think he can hold up in the box. The biggest thing is he's a rookie, right? Yeah. He's got he's got to be able to get up to speed and use the skill set that they see and translate it to the NFL early on. If he's going to get that amount of snaps, because if he doesn't, well, it's Devondre Campbell time. So right. Um. So that's my long story of how I'm trying to figure this all out. Yeah. I'm a little more optimistic than you are, I guess. I know we've talked quite a bit just that's just how i'm seeing things right now i guess yeah no and and, and i do think that's fair like like you said it, it would make sense given what they spent on on walker to get him there right, right? plus right plus the personnel that's currently on the roster and, and they don't really have like that dime safety right now like no. vernon scott yeah. uh, i yeah. mean yeah <laughs> you know right. he, he's vernon scott right so <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's it's I, I put it in the realm of possibilities, right? So I right, yeah, I don't yeah. think it'll ever be like that. Like, well, not ever. Like this year, at least, it won't be that full time job where yeah. you know it, it's uh, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks or Devondre K- or Deion Jones yeah. and Foye Luakon type thing, right? So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I think seventy five percent is it's it's in the realm of possibilities, and I I obviously like I put them lower than that, um, just because of the the 
team's past history and, and yep. you know what teams typically do in the NFL like they don't look to put more linebackers on the field they usually are I agree. leaning towards yep. less right but yes but yeah so i think just to clarify, I should clarify too, because I think the perception lately is that I hate Quay Walker, like as a person. <laughs> but the thing just, is, I know you don't. Yeah. I know you don't. I, just... <laughs> I, I love Quay Walker. I had him, I think, as number three yes. coming into the yes. draft, right? So, yes. um, yep. yeah, just it's just it was just about landing spot for me, and and I yep. I did go into detail and like why I didn't love the spot on on yep. Twitter, and I put out like some some numbers of what. Uh, linebacker usage look like for every team and the Packers ranked uh, 31st out of 32 teams yep. in, in full-time linebacker usage and so like I said typically typically this isn't a team that's like invested many snaps on the linebacker position and they just yep. paid Devondre Campbell to yep. um, who was one of the best linebackers in the league last year they signed him to that five-year deal so even you know, if you're looking at like, okay, he could be LB2 this year, but maybe he, you know, overcomes Devondre Campbell next year and becomes LB1. I think that path to LB1 is going to take longer and is a little bit harder mm-hmm. to get to now because of um, how good Devondre Campbell was. Whereas somebody um, like like other players on this list who, who we'll talk about, um, their path to LB1, like, uh, I'll spoil it, but Channing Tindall, for example, his path to LB1 to mm-hmm. overcome like a Jerome Baker isn't nearly as as tough as as Quay Walker to, to Devondre Campbell. So th- that's basically what it, what it's been about for me. And, and just knowing how teams like generally have trended towards their linebacker usage, it does, it, it's actually gone down every year. So it would be, I mean, interesting to see like a team like Green Bay, who's been in the made the playoffs and been successful um, every regular season, go kind of buck that trend and and kind of yeah. use more linebackers, and and they absolutely can, right? Um, I it just for me, like I just didn't want people to be taking him as like the first rookie linebacker right. in drafts, right. right? And that's and I've seen him already multiple times go as that first guy off the board oh, wow. um, uh, in IDP rookie drafts. So that that's kind of what I've been mostly kind of pushing against and um and also just to to kind of temper expectations basically of how Mm. many snaps he can play and um but i think i think you're right like i think 70 if it gets to 75 percent, i think that's the that's the optimal range and then yeah for me i'm i'm looking more towards what chris barnes was last year around that 50 percent kind of range somewhere around there um but i i mean i i not that i would be not surprised to see him go that high but like i said i think it's in his realm of possibilities to to get like a a a decent sized role bigger than than what i was expected based on what like you said with the packers and their personnel and how they've described him and and obviously spending the draft capital to get him yeah man i i i I totally agree with you i think like you said the the history of team trends is important and you're absolutely right like it's bucking the trend of the nfl defenses nowadays they want more coverage guys out there right and um you just you know like i said they're saying everything right about what they want to do with them they invested the 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 capital 22nd overall pick and you know like i said everything screams more 2lb with personnel wise and and everything and all that but like he's also got to be able to 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 be able to hold up out there right Right. you know he is a rookie coming in and you know i think it's it's you're safe to temper expectations with rookies as we've seen, you know, yeah. the Zayvon Collins thing last year, we've <laughs> talked about it plenty, you know, and all that, but, um, you know, just trying to make the Quay Walker pick make sense. Sure. 
that's where I'm leading. But you know, you're also talking. So I'm, you know, when we're talking snap numbers, straight snap numbers here, that's that's an extra 225 snaps roughly right. over what Barnes played. That's a pretty good chunk. So yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I want to say I think it's possible, but I'm not not by any means planting a flag that that's going to be the case. Sure. You know, I think it goes up personally. I'm just not sure how much. Okay. But but um, I I. I do like his long-term outlook. It's going to take a little bit to unseat Campbell because if he continues to play the way he did last year, I mean, you can't take the guy out the field, right? It's yeah. he, he was just fantastic. So, yeah. Well, when and, he, and, sorry. Go I was, ahead. No, I was going to say when when Walker does, if he's able to get that role eventually, because you know Campbell's twenty nine, going to be thirty, I believe. Right. You know, when Walker does get that role, I mean, that's that's prime for uh, production. But patience, man. You know, for that. For sure. And I, I think that's going to be like a common trend with a lot of these linebackers is just patience, mm-hmm. um, especially Absolutely. as rookies, right? Like we saw it last year. We saw it even the year before with like an Isaiah Simmons, right? Who was supposed to be like this really good versatile coverage yes. linebacker, right? Yeah. And then like yeah. the first game, he just got toasted, right? And they were <sighs> like, okay, we're done with this for a while. Yeah. Um, so there's it's, it's a lot to kind of put on a rookie to expect them to kind of yes. come in and, and be this key piece to the defense. But um, not that Walker isn't capable it's just yeah there's there's a lot to kind of weigh into it and it's just more where you should be taking him in in those kind of idp rookie drafts and and i think i think third i think third round for me is is makes the most sense mid third somewhere around there um yeah i I took him i took him in a couple spots and it was mid third early third yeah i was i had second round picks where he was on the board but yeah you know, that's where I'm, I agree. Like I'm, I know I'm a little bit more optimistic, mystic than you, but I, I mean, I'm on board with you know everything you're saying historically that yeah. what, what the data tells you, man, you know, and trying to find that middle road of, you know, what is possible and what, and what's likely, but um, yeah, value wise and drafts, like I'm not reaching for them either, yeah. like thir- early third, mid third all day, you know, yeah. but yeah, don't be taking him first linebacker off the board. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and definitely don't, like don't expect to start up day one either right right i think oh, a yeah. lot of people get excited yes. about their rookies yeah. and they they put them into the week one lineups and then they're like why the hell didn't this guy play like yeah. david collins yeah. last year right yeah. so yeah um so just just to kind of be cautious and like you said patience is going to be key we got to kind of keep yeah. an eye on things like that and and wait it out it's it's dynasty after all so we'll let the cream kind of rise to the rise to the top and uh yeah. and hope that walker gets that full-time job eventually so absolutely man no it's uh he, he's a he's a good one for debate and this is good stuff man I, yeah you know i was looking for we've talked about it a bit on twitter and dms and stuff and i was looking forward to you know to talk this one out on, on the post post draft show and um he he's the he, he's the uh definitely the hottest topic of all these linebackers <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i think i think so he's he's up there right? yeah especially coming at coming in as the first linebacker taken yeah. in the draft right people are going to see that and they're going to be like okay so obviously this is the best option for idp a good chunk right. of people anyways so um yeah, I, I enjoy the conversation. I always appreciate you jumping in and, and having the conversation with me and uh, and adding your insight because it, it's important, right? You you're especially as a Packers fan, you're you're you know locked into this this information and everything and stuff that I would miss. So um, that's all really great. So well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good good debate when we you know talk things out, man. You definitely, know, uh, <laughs> definitely, good stuff, and you know and it, it provides some good info for us and other people, and, and that's what it's all about, like getting as much information to try to figure out what's going on, man. That's the name of the game for sure. 
Absolutely. All right. So let's go on to the next linebacker taken, the other linebacker taken in the first round uh, with the 27th pick. Devin Lloyd goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is a guy who I think probably should be the, I mean, I think he definitely should be the first linebacker taken in, in rookie draft. So he's someone too, who the data lines up kind of perfectly for when projecting like big time IDP production. And, and we talked about this on the landing spot podcast with Josh and, and Evan uh, uh, a week ago, but Tampa Bay's former linebacker coach, Mike, Mike Caldwell comes in as the defensive coordinator for the Jags. So, he likes to deploy two full-time guys. It was Levante David and um, Devin White last year. So we can assume that for the Jags version of that, it's going to be Foye, Aluakon, and, and Devin Lloyd, right? So uh, it, it there's going to be the volume there for Lloyd. That's, that's the main thing. But another mm. nice bonus for Lloyd, if he's able to convert his attempts, is that Caldwell is almost certainly going to be blitzing his linebackers at a high rate like he did in Tampa with, with Devin White. So meaning we could see that big play upside as well with Lloyd. Uh, and he did. He posted really good um, production numbers in college, especially last year. He had an 88.4 pass rush grade to go along with 31 pressures and eight sacks on 165 attempts in 2021 with uh, Utah. So they could definitely have some fun with Lloyd as a, as a pass rusher uh, um, uh, or a blitzer as well. Maybe not to the extent that Utah deployed him lining up with his hand in the dirt teeing off against uh, <laughs> offensive tackles. But yeah. um, that blitz potential is there to go along with what should be strong tackle production in a higher volume role uh, as well. And and who knows, you know, after seeing what Micah Parsons did last year, lining up on the edge and going up <laughs> against uh, offensive tackles, maybe they do give him a chance to see uh, yeah. if, if that upside is there and, uh, and utilize him that way. But I think at the very least, he's going to be in a nice high volume role and, and be able to to put up decent production right out the gate um so yeah i'm excited for lloyd how about you yeah same, same thing here like you said uh I, I love the fit for lloyd in in that mike caldwell system um he's gonna he's gonna slide right in next to foyer there was an opening there and um you know lloyd lloyd's gonna gonna fill that for jacksonville um he's the only rookie linebacker that i'm comfortable saying is gonna play full-time right away yeah. and, and be a high impact idp right off the jump you know it's really the only one and um you know you know like you said i i like the way he can impact the game in the box and as a blitzer you know he he was all over the place at utah and you know you brought some great points caldwell could certainly get uh creative with him and, and move him around and stuff so yeah I, I i love the fact that he did go in the first round mm -hmm. um i thought he was um, he was my number one. He was my LB one pre-draft and spoiler alert, my LB one post-draft. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I, I love the fit. I, I like the the scheme he's going to for him and I, I direct path to full-time snaps is there. So I, I love it for Devin Lloyd. And, um, yeah, he's by far my first linebacker off the board in draft. So nice. Yeah. I think I, I, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if anybody had him ranked, ranked lower than that. Right. Lower than number right. one uh, for rookie linebackers, but yeah, we just never know with the NFL too, right? So yes. it'd be, <laughs> you know, we yeah. we got pretty shocked with Zayvon Collins last year, but oh. it, it would be a it would be an even bigger shock if it was like Shaquille Quarterman starting next to uh, Foye. <laughs> yeah, Luke. yeah I, I agree. I, that's a great point, right? <laughs> so yeah, we've been we've we've had the rug pulled out before, 
But yeah, yeah the, it's not Jordan Hicks behind. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's a big Gordon. difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little difference in uh, skill there. So yeah. that's, that's an excellent point. I really put my money on that not being the case here. Exactly. Yeah. we could, It's a much safer bet to, <laughs> to <laughs> bet Devin Lloyd to start. Absolutely. Um, all right. So in the second round, there was only one off-ball linebacker taken. 26th overall to the Atlanta Falcons, Troy Anderson. What did you think about this one? Yeah, I, I think in the in the pre pre draft pod, I was saying like Troy Anderson was one the one guy I was super intrigued to see what how the NFL viewed him right. because he's just such an interesting prospect, a converted quarterback, running back into this linebacker who was just destroying stuff at Montana State. Um, so yeah, I was just super excited to see where he would go and who would take him. And I know Atlanta was the spot that we were putting guys that we were excited about too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know he second round fifty eighth overall. So Atlanta you know had a pretty nice grade on him. Um, I like Troy Anderson. I think I like his path to snaps when he's ready. You know I do think he's a player that needs a little time. You know he's just an experienced player who transitioned positions and he played at Montana state. Right. right. So he's going from Montana state to the NFL. So yeah. um, he's going to have to take a little time to catch up to the NFL and, and get the scheme down and all that. But you know, his, his combination of size and athleticism will translate easily because the dude is explosive as hell and he's big and strong. Um, as far as competition for snaps, everybody's favorite um, sleeper, Michael Walker and um you know, a, a, a Dean Pease oldie guy that he's familiar with, Rashawn Evans, and we kind of know what Rashawn Evans is at this point, right? Right. So, um, yeah, I'd be curious to see what Dean Pease does with that group. Um, so, you know, like, I it all depends how quickly Anderson picks up the scheme and the speed of the game for me. I, I think I like his ability as far as, like I already said, he's big and athletic, but I thought he did show some coverage ability. And he shows, you know, he can recover quickly, but he's just, you know, he's just got to be able to process, right? Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Anderson. I'm tempering expectations, and I think I'm probably going to say that a lot this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm tempering <laughs> expectations off the bat, but you know, Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans, are they the biggest roadblocks? And then Deion Jones plays dipped a little bit too, and he's going to be a free agent in 2023. So. Um, I think Anderson has a big opportunity to seize a big role there, whether it is 23 or is it maybe at some point towards the end of this year, does he get some more run? You know, there's a chance that happens, but you know, I, I don't expect him to walk into a starting job day one. I just don't, but I think he could push at some point this year, but I think long-term I'd really like his outlook long-term personally. I think, um, you know, the, the draft capital is is solid and I like his skill set just just needs to uh you know catch up to the speed of the game and get and get that scheme down and i think he has a really nice path to snaps definitely yeah i think you hit the nail on the head right like it's it's definitely an exciting landing spot for anderson yeah. like in theory right because of, right, the, of, right. How, of how the falcons have kind of deployed f- two full-time linebackers in the past yeah. and the competition yep. for snaps in atlanta is not super strong right so right but yeah, I'm with you 100%. I mean, I think the biggest hesitation I have with Anderson and getting too excited 
about him, at least for 2022, is is that he's just still super raw at the position, mm-hmm. right? He he graded yeah. well, but at the same time, like you said, former running back, quarterback, yeah. who you know, yeah. and he tested really well too. He's coming from yeah. the FCS, so the the level of competition isn't quite up to par as what you know he'd be getting, uh, like in the SEC or something like that. So, um. And we did talk about this pre-draft where we were both, yeah, we were both a little bit skeptical about what, you know, mm-hmm. how the NFL might view him and if he could step into a full-time role right away and and, yep. and should probably sit behind um, like some veteran starters to get some of that development time yep. for a bit. And, and I don't think that's changed just because the guys ahead of him are, are Michael Walker and, and Rashawn Evans. Like, um, like you said, Dean Pease brought Evans back, um, and, yeah. and I do think there's there's a better shot that he sees the field before Anderson just because of um, that familiar familiarity with Pees from their time in Tennessee. And uh, 2019, I think, was Evans' highest volume season of his career, played like around 950 to 1,000 snaps. So, um, And then just general experience playing the position as well. I think those guys... Yeah. Um, uh, Evans and 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 Walker probably have the nod ahead of him right now, um, and and I would ha- be happy to be wrong because you know I I want to see Walker or Anderson over Evans um, take that job oh, yeah. next to Deion Jones right just because yeah. I think they'd be a lot more fun for IDP than than Rashawn Evans so I, I yeah. just don't think you know the chances of that happening in 2022 are as high as they might seem right now so mm-hmm. like you said tempering expectations right that that's kind of yeah. the main thing we have to we have to do here and um 2023 i think is like like you mentioned is kind of the the yeah the landmark that we're 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 looking towards and if he gets on the field this year that's great i just yeah i i i wouldn't expect it to be that day one start um like somebody like a devin lloyd uh for example because i think I think they, I think they will lean towards Rashawn Evans first, and uh, after that, I don't know. Maybe Michael Walker gets a chance. Um, but Anderson, like you said, he, he's he, he's a big guy. He's got that super athletic score, right? Yeah. So there, there's there's potential there. Uh, it's just you know his experience at the position, and there's still a lot to kind of clean up. Uh, that doesn't get easier in the NFL. So um, yes, that's that's, that's that's a great point. That's the thing. Like I know on the the pre-draft. Show I was talking about uh, the South Dakota State game. It turns out that tight end. I, I'm sorry, I, I feel bad. I forgot his name because I've seen him his name pop up lately. Um, he's a really good player, and he he did he put Troy Anderson to the test, and he did some work against him. And uh, you know, on out routes, in routes, like Anderson struggled to read what he was doing, and uh, right. he really put him to the test. And it's not going to get easier. But it turns out that kid's a pretty damn good player from everything I'm hearing. So, um, so yeah, it's and, you know. Yeah, it's that's the biggest thing. I I think that's a great point. It doesn't get any easier in the NFL. So yeah. temper expectations, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna name this episode temper expectations <laughs> because there's there's just gonna be a lot of it. Like you said, I think <laughs> yeah, uh, I think coming into the draft, we we're excited a, a little bit more excited about these guys than uh, yeah. than we are coming out of the draft. But you know, I I think there's long <laughs> long term potential at least. So absolutely. Um, yeah, so speaking of which, uh, the in the third round, to kick off the third round, second pick in the third round, Brian Asamoah goes to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah, so this wasn't the best landing spot for Asamoah, despite the, the decent draft capital. I wouldn't be 
He's another guy. Wouldn't be expecting him to start a ton of games in 2022, um, barring injury to to Eric Kendricks or Jordan Hicks, that is. And the Vikings last season, they had one of the highest linebacker usages uh, in the entire league. But unfortunately, it's a year too late for somebody like Asamoa with a new coaching staff and defensive coordinator at Donatel coming over from the Broncos, um, who were among the lowest in full-time linebacker usage last season. So I'd suspect Eric Hendricks's job is safe, um, but thinking about someone like Jordan Hicks, for example, I'd be wary of projecting him for a full-time spot even, like we've been used to with the Vikings linebackers of the past, um, but probably put him down for somewhere closer, like a 70% role, um, Hicks that is. So it, he's there ahead of Asamoa, and then there are a bunch of those like seat filler linebackers on the mm-hmm. roster, right? The Troy Dyes and Blake yeah. Lynch, Chas Surratt, Ryan yep. Connolly. So it's not impossible for Osamoa to kind of get that number three role there as a rookie uh, and kind of be the next man up in case of injury um, with, especially with guys like Kendricks and Hicks who have dealt with injuries, right? It might yep. be one of those spots where um, he's, he's a decent kind of backup to hold on to for redraft and, and, or for dynasty. And then for redraft, you, you know, most likely going to be a waiver wire pickup at some point when those guys miss some time. So if he can get there, um, but I, I just have a hard time seeing him getting, you know, higher than number three on his own, just based on uh, the college tape and, and the, and the two guys ahead of him. So Kendricks and Hicks, I think they're both under contract until 2024 as well. So he, he may live there as an LB three for a little bit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I totally agree. I, I looked at, um, the Hicks deal because they brought him in. It, it is a two-year deal, and there is an out. But um, you know that's who the hell knows at this point, right? Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's a two-year deal. Kendricks is under contract through twenty-three, um, so I, I'm not expecting uh, Asamoa to uh, seize any kind of significant role, barring some kind of injury. Um, but yeah, I do. I agree with you. I think he's a, a, a good chance to earn the third linebacker spot and the key backup because you know, like Anthony Barr is gone. You know, he was a totally different player, but right. nonetheless, he's gone. Um, and then you got the, you know, the guys, the Travis Dye, who's never, I mean, Troy, Travis Dye's a running back, Troy Dye, um, <laughs> <laughs> the Dye brothers. Uh, Troy Dye, never, I, I like Troy Dye at Oregon, I really did, but he just never turned yeah. into anything, you know, IDP wise. Chas Surratt was a guy who was a little higher than you on um, last year, I believe, but um, third round pick that he never sniffed the field last year right nick vigil was getting run and chas surratt was doing whatever the hell he was doing (laughs) um and the thing is too is surratt might have been a third round pick but he was the past regime's third round pick right and i like the fact that brian asamoa is the new regime's third round pick and they took him with the what second pick in the third round so i mean it's it's a pretty solid you know investment for for this new regime to take him so um yeah it's gonna. You're gonna have to have patience with Asamoah. I, I I liked. I think I said I liked Asamoah the more I watched his tape. Mm-hmm. Um, pre-draft. Just uh, you know, I didn't. At first, you know, I was kind of okay with him, and then I, the more I watched, I think I might have just watched kind of a bad game at first, and, and then watched an okay game, and then I went back and watched a couple different ones, and I really started to get a better idea of the type of player he was. A smaller guy with a little bit of twitch, and uh, you know, he moves fluidly. I think he does have a three-down upside. You know, he does have a little bit of coverage ability mm-hmm. uh, to be a three-down player. It needs some development like most of these guys, you know, just the way it is. Um, but, yeah, um, you know, he, I don't see any significant snaps for him this year, barring injury, absolutely, long story short. And I do love him as an end-of-the-bench stash, though. 
just because this new new regime invested a decent amount of capital into them, considering um, this class and um, throw them on your taxi squad and see what happens. If they do move on from Hicks after one year, you know, maybe. Um, and who knows? What, I, I love Eric Kendricks. One of my favorites. I'll talk about Eric yeah, Kendricks yeah. anytime, even as a <laughs> Packer fan, there, I respect the hell out of Eric Kendricks. Um, he's been awesome since he's been in the league. He, he just, across the board, just a really good linebacker. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about Kendricks is he's just been getting nothing but more productive for IDP production, which yeah. is crazy, right? You know, it's just, it, his tackle numbers have steadily gone up and yeah. it's been crazy. You know, he's been, he went from this like rock solid LB2 into this like LB1. And yeah. We're, but we're not oh, here yeah. to talk about Kendricks anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm optimistic, uh, a little bit more optimistic long-term with Asimov, sure. but he's not going to see the field anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, like I think there will be at least a week uh, in this season where he's he's IDP relevant. Sure. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's assuming you know he takes that LB three job, which I think is possible. Like you said, the yeah. guys ahead of him aren't uh, aren't super, uh, you know, expert football players. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, even like you know Chaz Surratt, right? So I think he is somebody that you know could be mentioned in the conversation of troy anderson right where he Mm -hmm. is a former quarterback uh, as well turned linebacker and and just didn't have the experience at the position he flashed on tape and he showed a lot of really exciting plays but there was just a lot to kind of clean up with his game and you know i think he's a work in progress and the same thing i i mean i don't know how why i came back to troy anderson we've moved on but it could it could very well be a, like a similar situation, right? Where they're, they yeah. may find that there's more to fix with Troy Anderson because of his lack of experience at the position. Right. But um, anyways, back to Osimo. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think long-term it's a, it's a decent draft capital. And I, I think, you know, there, there's going to be an injury at some point, whether it's Hicks or Kendrick, yeah. sadly. Yeah. Um, the, and hopefully he's, uh, he's moved up the depth chart by then and, and could be the LB three slash next man up. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. That, that, that's his best path to snaps. Yeah. Year one. Total, totally agree. Yeah. All right. So let's go on to the next linebacker that was taken in the third <laughs> round, uh, sixth pick in the third round, also to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, just like Devin Lloyd, it is Chad Muma. Yeah. This one hurt, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was such a, I'm still, am a Muma fan, but like I wanted, I think, uh, I think I, pegged him to go to Seattle uh, for the pre-draft show. Cause we, we both picked like one of our favorite players to go there and, and, you know, slide in next to Brooks. So this one hurt, you know, with Mumo going to Jack's after they took Devin Lloyd, they paid for Luacon with the bag. And, you know, it's look, I mean, it is what it is. He just looks like the odd man out for, for as far as it's going to go for the top two linebacker spots. Yeah. Um, Foyer got paid big money. Devin Lloyd, um, you know, 27th overall pick. And, you know, I think he's a better player overall, as far as, you know, him being my LB one. Um, so it's, it's, it's not great for Muma's outlook here. These first few seasons, um, Mm -hmm. at all, which is, 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 like I said, it hurt. This is a bummer for me for sure. But the lone bright spot, I guess, if you're going to look glass half full type, uh, mindset here is it's, he's going to slip in drafts. So, mm-hmm. you know, because of this and you could get a really good player at a great value now, right? You might be able to get him in the fifth round or what late fourth, if you want to take him there, yeah. whatever. But I mean, these late picks and if you, if you just got to, you just have to be patient, right? Yeah. He's not going to play 
full-time snaps unless one of those guys get hurt. I just don't, I don't see that right now. So I love him as a stash. I wouldn't, I would love to be at uh training camp when the first time Muma and Devin Lloyd get on the field together in a practice and the front office are in the booth watching and they go, how much did we pay? Yeah. <laughs> <Luka> again? <laughs> Cause these two guys are ballers, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's a very likely outcome <laughs> in training camp. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, anyway, I, you know, he's odd man out to start for me, but you know, I think last half full, like I said, you could get him at a really nice late value in drafts. Throw him on your taxi squad. Foye's got an out in 23, I believe. Um, I could – if, you know, it's like – shit, we're projecting a couple years out here. But right. if the, if Lloyd and Muma are the players we think and hope they could be, then that is a decent possibility they move on from Foye because, I, you know, Foye was great for IDP production. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, full skill set-wise, he's kind of a limited player, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so – um yeah, I, I think Muma is a is a tackle machine that's just going to need a shot, you know, and, and it might take a few years. So take him, take him late when he slips. Throw him on your taxi squad, and, and then, you know, if injury happens, like Asamoah, he could absolutely slide in. Shaq Quarterman ain't it, man. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that would be the case for him to see like a significant snap share this year. But um, you know, maybe in a couple of years when Foye uh, goes and signs wherever, uh, it could be the Muma Lloyd show. I like so. it. Yeah. I mean, you said it like this was definitely a shitty landing spot and, and yeah. a, a lot of these landing spots kind of were, but I think this one, like you said, it really hit the IDP community oh, yeah. hard. Yeah. I think people had their hopes up for, for Muma yeah. coming out. Uh, you know, he had all these tackles on tape. He was kind of rolling yeah. into production, but now it's, yeah, it's just going to be sitting behind, um, you know, the fat contract of Foye Luakon and, yeah. and the talent and draft capital of De- Devin Lloyd, right? So, um, yep. yeah, Shaq Quarterman is not it. I, I don't think that <laughs> Muma will have much of a problem getting to number three on the depth chart, at least. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's tough. I, I You know, for the Muma optimists out there, maybe Luakon, like you, you alluded to, his poor play, you know, it continues in Jacksonville and, and they pulled the plug on him after uh, I guess it would have to be the 2023 season. Right. right. Because yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that they, they can't save anything until 2023. I think it would cost them well over $22 million yeah. in dead cap to cut him <laughs> in either of the next two seasons. So uh, yeah. after 2023, they could save 15 million by cutting him. Okay. So if wow. you, yeah, if you have, or are going to draft Muna Muma, um, like you said, consider him a taxi squad player for a couple seasons and hope the Jags uh, don't add any significant competition to their linebacker room between right. now and uh, 2024, basically. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, he's going to be the uh, the Michael Walker of, <laughs> of yes. Jacksonville that, like, two years from now. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> That's yeah, spot on. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully he gets a chance because yeah, he's definitely an exciting player and and he is. I mean IDP players will will love him because of uh, that tackle production, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, so next guy drafted was in the third round, eleventh pick of the third round. Christian Harris goes to the Houston Texans. So the Texans had one of the best pre-draft landing spots for a linebacker just um, because of there being two full-time spots available and the guys that are there right now are 
either made a glass like Christian Kirksey <laughs> or are just like career backups like the hyphen clones, Gruger hyphen Hill and Reeves hyphen Maven, uh, Pierre hyphen Lewis and, and Neville hyphen Hewitt. Um, <laughs> none, of, none of these guys are, are particularly intimidating when it comes uh, to players to beat out for a starting, a starting spot. Right. So, um, but you know, for their, they wouldn't be too hard to beat out, but they're they're all these kind of like variants of one another that Harris basically is going to have to fight through to kind of get there. So it, it might not happen right away, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he does get um, a chance to start some games this season. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing with Harris... He he did rush the passer a ton at Alabama. I don't think he'll get a t- he'll get the chance to do that a lot with Lovey Smith, who, who blitzed his linebackers at a bottom five rate in twenty twenty one, which isn't necessarily a bad thing since he'll get a chance to rack up more tackles that way mm-hmm. uh, once he does get on the field. So even though I didn't love him before the draft, uh, I think there's a chance that he can get there just based on the the competition around him and and how often the Texans will will deploy um, more than one linebacker. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of liked Houston's draft a little bit. It kind of mm-hmm. took some swings at like some high upside players yeah. uh, like Stingley and, and John Mechie and and. And I think Harris is a good example of that as well. And I think given his age and, and decent athletic profile, um, even though he didn't have amazing grades in college, he kind of fits that mold for them as a, a player for their future once these like one-year vanilla fillers are, are out of the way, right? Yeah. So um, there, I, I have a little bit of optimism for Harris now, um, more so than I did uh, before the draft, basically. Yeah, no, man, I, that's a really good point about Houston's draft, right? With the Stingley pick, Matchy pick, Harris pick, like – some really nice swings there yeah. as far as upside players. And that's a roster that needs that, man. They yeah. need some juice, right? Um, yeah, I know I was a little higher than you on on Harris uh, pre-draft. And yeah, I, I like the spot as well. And you laid it all out, man. Um, they brought Kirksey back on a two-year $10 million deal. But look, I mean, he's made a glass, like you said. Yeah. The dude gets hurt. <laughs> I got to experience it for one year in Green Bay. It's not fun. Right. Um Grugier Hill was a waiver wire wonder, man. He was a beauty last year. He was the all all time Johnny the Greek price of mouse click guy. Yeah, man. he's he, you know, um, shout out Johnny. Um, they brought in Reeves, Maven, hell, they even brought in Blake Cashman. I seen he was on that's the right, that's right, yeah, T Rex, the ghost, Blake Cashman, yeah, the ghost of Blake Cashman in the T Rex arms. So like, what a group of linebackers there. It's you know, so it's messy, but you know, like, is it gonna be a big hurdle? I'm not so sure you know i don't think he's gonna come out the gates as a starting linebacker you know you know we'd likely see kirksey to wear the dot again more than likely hell i don't know that but you know gruje hills right it back with him but like he could push for snaps at some point i agree with you there yeah. and i think um you know 23 if he shows something this year and pushes a little bit for some some run 23 is pretty promising as far as this group as a whole is not not uh overwhelming by any means you know <laughs> so um you know and immediately if he if they do want to trot him out there this year you know and he's kind of coming along a little bit immediately he's a run and chase guy who's gonna you know mess the shit up at least right you know because that's he's an athletic guy that can track you down and um uh so yeah i'm kind of eager to, to see how it plays out for him because i like this spot for him and i know it's a little higher than him um, um pre-draft and uh i you know that chart that you put out that awesome chart with the 
the two linebacker sets and wasn't Houston. I believe Houston was a top. Houston of it, was right? number one. Yeah. Well, number one. So that's, that's certainly promising, right? They're right. going to, they're going to roll two guys, which is um, what we look for us. You know, the, the full-time linebackers are fading and you look for the systems that produce them and Houston's one of them. So if Harris can, can develop like we hope and put that athleticism and electric, uh, speed to, to good use who knows man it could be a it could be a really nice player here next year definitely yeah yeah like you said like the it's the guys in front of them there there's a bunch of them but they're not like super tough right it's not like yeah. uh uh chad muma having to beat out devin lloyd or, or foyer luicon's right, contract right. right he's basically yeah. fighting um yeah. five duck-sized horses instead of one <laughs> horse-sized duck right <laughs> it's more just <laughs> it's more of just like an inconvenience more than anything <laughs> oh that's great yeah. so we'll uh, we'll see i mean there's there's hope for harris at least <laughs> yeah he can hurdle them ducks yeah yeah that's it just <laughs> kick them to the side and eventually you'll get there <laughs> Oh god. All right. So Oh, that's awesome. Um another guy that went in the third round. This is where the 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 kind of surprises continued into the third round, right? So the the 19th pick of the third round, Nicobe Dean falls all the way to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, um this I mean, this shocked a lot of people, right? Yeah. You know the 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 injury concerns popped up. Um I mean, I I thought Nicobe Dean was a back end of the first guy. I mean, maybe even a little earlier in some mock drafts you saw, whatever. Just to, it just depended on what you were reading and how people were saying the NFL viewed him size wise. That was the big holdback. But I mean, skill set wise, the guy was fantastic. But yeah, so the the peck and knee injury concerns just let him fall right into Philly's lap in the third round. I mean, right. I, it just what a value, right? I mean, to get a player like Nicobe Dean in the third round is just, I mean, that's it's gold. Steel. For, for, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a steal, man. <laughs> Absolutely, just absolute steal. Um. You know, I don't know how this is all going to play out, right, with the injury stuff, like how severe are his injuries. But, like, my first – I guess my my first initial thought when, you know, taking it in for a day or two was, okay, N'Kobe Dean's a smaller linebacker that lacks some length, right? And with potential injuries, like pec injury or shoulder or whatever, it kind of seems – screams to me like a guy you don't want to roll out right away. Right. If, you know, I have no idea how far along his injuries are. But that's kind of my first – thoughts were you know early on it doesn't scream like a guy that's going to get out there right away especially when you have tj edwards who was pretty solid down the stretch last year and they brought kazir white in yeah so you know i you know like we've been saying uh, here all night like i'm tempering expectations for dean initially because smaller guy with injuries doesn't just seem like a great idea to throw him out there right away if you're not sure he's ready and you have two capable guys but i mean i think dean will be the guy in philly Oh yeah, it's yeah. Like I mean, I love the spot for him because your white's on a one year deal, I believe, right? Yeah, like one, one year, year five million or something. Yeah, five million. Um, not not a huge contract by any means. Because your white's a good player. He played really well last year, and he'll be fine this year. But like, you know, Dean's a better player. Um, TJ Edwards is fine, mm-hmm. right? You know, but you know, I, I think Dean, when he does finally get up speed and get healthy, whatever. Maybe he pushes for some snaps at some point. It's certainly possible for him because he's going to be tough to keep off the field if he's doing the things we think he can in practice every day, right? But um, so I, I think there's a good chance he he pushes for snaps at some point this year. But I, I'm really really uh, uh, excited about his long term um, 
him long term as an IDPS in Philly because I think he's going to be the guy, and I think they stole him in the third round. Oh Just, yeah, what a value, you know? Yeah, I I, I couldn't believe the fall, and uh, I mean, I'll, obviously, like you know, on day two, that's when the medical stuff, you know, the yeah. rumors started kind of flying, and it, it was weird though, right? Because almost immediately after he was drafted by the Eagles, the team kind of came out and said that he had been cleared and, and the medicals weren't an issue. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and it still seems to be the case because he's been taking part in like, uh, like yeah. mini camps and stuff. Yep. Right. So yeah, everything's been positive. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what's going on there, but you know, if he's truly healthy, um, then yeah, like we've said, the Eagles got an absolute steal in the third because I think I've saw I saw a few pre-draft rankings that had him as the number one overall linebacker mm-hmm. in this class. I, I think he's one of the most talented all-around linebackers in this class. He has the range, the coverage ability, plays the run really well. So if he's yep. in that full-time role, he's going to put himself in a in the right position to make plays and and be all around the ball. But it, it yeah, they might take the long-term approach, right? If there is concerns about the medical, uh, the medicals. He he might not start right away, which is which is fine because yep. th- these are dynasty drafts after all that yep. we're doing right now. So, um, you know, you, you're still gonna you're still gonna want to take the talent above all else and and assume that you know Absolutely. this is gonna be the starter uh, at some point in the near future, whether it's you know the back half of this year um, or if it's it's starting 2023. But there's and and there's obviously the possibility that he starts. Um, this season as well it you know it might be a little bit tougher but it's again it's in the realm of possibility so he'll have to beat out somebody like a kaiser white or tj edwards but again it's not an impossible group and i i think it makes sense that um it, it's him and one of those guys at, at some point which uh um i which one I, I don't really have a great read on i think him and kaiser white probably have the the closest skill sets to one another so they might cancel each other out um and so if the team does want the you know their linebackers to kind of complement one another they may lean towards like dean and edwards uh at some point i i personally i'd I'd probably keep make it like uh tj edwards on early downs with nicobe dean and then utilize dean and and white on on passing downs if they're wanting to stick with those two linebackers on the field but uh you know i'm not i'm not a coach or anything so what the hell do i know (laughs) i just i just want to watch nicobe dean on the field so absolutely yeah so i mean like we said absolute steal the guy's got all the talents in the world he's not the biggest linebacker but uh he he's definitely the kind of linebacker that um the NFL is moving towards these, these great coverage linebackers who can move well and kind of do everything. So um, linebacker, the future right now, I I think for the Eagles and uh, yeah, if he's healthy, I mean that, that that's everything for them. A third round Mm -hmm. pick for, for a guy that was projected to go in the first round, uh, like mid first round at some point too. So crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah. Very J O K esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out JOK's heart, right? Shout out JOK's heart, man. That's, uh, I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. And he, and he seemed fine. And he actually was like one of our highest graded linebackers last yeah. year, too. So it's, oh, like, yeah. You guys, your Browns got a good one there. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's initially what that's what I thought of right away. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it could, it could very well be, right? Where, cause obviously he's participating in these camps and, um, the, the Eagles are saying he's healthy. They're, they're saying yeah. we don't know what's going on with the, you know, the reports. So obviously, you know, they're going to say what they're going to say to, yeah you know, make themselves look as good as possible. <laughs> but yeah, uh, right. um, yeah, we won't know until, until they hit the field. So it'll, that'll be one that I'm um, 
going to be pretty invested in because I, yep. I like Nicobe Dean a lot and I'm going to try to grab him when he falls in, in rookie drafts for sure. Yep. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to come at a uh, much nicer value. Oh yeah. Now that he's slipped a little bit in the draft in your rookie drafts. Now you can get him at a, at a better price. So I love yeah. It. Yeah, definitely. If he went in the first round to the Eagles, I mean, there's, there's probably a big jump uh, in oh, where yeah. he's going in drafts. Right. But now he goes to the third round and the rumors of the medicals. Right. So, yep, absolutely. All right, let's go staying in the third round, 25th pick in the third round. The Buffalo Bills took Terrell Bernard. So this was the one linebacker on um, this list that we did not get to talk about before the draft. So Bernard, like I said, goes in the third round to the Bills uh, coming out of Baylor, which was technically his fifth year at Baylor. He was there in 2017, didn't play a ton of snaps. I I don't know exactly what happened, but uh, probably ended up being like, um, just a bench player for them, but uh, I didn't get to watch his full 2021 season like I did with a lot of these other guys. But I, I you know, you notice that he's a he's smaller for a linebacker. I think he's six one two twenty four around there. Yep. Um, but he tested well. Uh, eight point eight seven RAS score. Um, just kind of watching him doing like a quick watch uh through his tape. The missed tackles definitely stand out. Um, mm-hmm. it's something like. I think 35 missed tackles over the past three years. So that was like uh, a 17.3% missed tackle rate last year. Um, But it's not the worst spot either. The Bills are probably not keeping Tremaine Edmonds past this season. So maybe Bernard can kind of step into like what has been a really nice spot for linebackers next year. Um, But I wouldn't be, I just wouldn't be investing too highly in that possibility. I think you can take some flyers on him late if he gets a job, uh, you know, next year, that's great. You, you know, you hit the lottery, but if not, then he's likely going to be one of those um, injury fill in type guys, because I, I just wouldn't be surprised to see the bills bring someone else in uh, to start if they, if they do let Edmonds walk, right. Even though they invested uh, a third round pick, it's a late third round pick and, and just, we just haven't seen it yet. So this, the bills are going to be a competitive team. I'm pretty sure they're going to want to attract, you know, the best players out there. So even if Edmonds doesn't stick around, there's, uh, there's risk for Bernard um, in assuming that he's going to be the starter next season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But you know, like you said, he was Bernard's the, the, the one that popped up, right. That we mm-hmm. didn't cover kind of the surprise guy that went day two. Um, I watched, I watched some, some of his tape. I think I watched three, four games, uh, you know, pre-draft and, I think I, he was like around like 15 to 17 range in my, in my kind of pre-draft ranks. I kind mm-hmm. of floated in that area. Um, you know, that Baylor defense was their strong suit and he was a, a big part of it. Um, smaller linebacker, you know, like you alluded to. Um, I just kind of looked at some notes I had, you know, it was a, he's a really obviously small linebackers. They're, they're usually pretty fluid movers, good athletes yeah. check the boxes there. He was a space player, run and chase guy. Um, thought he was a pretty decent blitzer. Um, and uh, you talked about, you know, a couple of the cons, like you talked about the, the missed tackles and, and I, I kind of had a note about that too. You know, I, I thought he bought a misdirection a, a little bit in play action a little bit much um, right. and missed tackles. Yeah. I, I had that written down too. I mean, I only watched a few games of his, but I did have a few notes on him. Um, the thing, uh, you know, Buffalo's roster is pretty solid, you know, yeah. all the way around. They, they got a really good team and both sides of the ball, man, just, just a real strong team. And they're obviously, I, they might, are they the favorite for the Super Bowl right now? The champion, I believe. They're Yeah. They gotta be up there. Right. I think I just saw I've, the I've seen today. a lot of people picking them for the AFC. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that tells you, uh, you know, their, their rosters mm-hmm. built very well, um, but they definitely could use some linebacker depth because AJ Klein's gone yep. and behind Edmonds and Milano, there's really not a whole lot there. I don't believe. Yeah. Um, and then you look at um, well, one thing, you know, I was thinking, and I think I read this somewhere um, as well, but you know, Bernard's a smaller linebacker. He's very Matt Milano esque. Yeah, that's true. Skill set wise. <laughs> right. Yeah. Matt Milano gets dinged up. You know, I think Matt Law is a great player, yeah. uh, a good player. You know, he's a good IDP player. He's solid. And, and he gets dinged up, and they don't really have anybody behind him and Edmonds. So this, you know, I, I don't know what uh, Bernard's pre-draft grade was or anything. I didn't see anything about that. But um, um, the pick, you know, you look into it a little bit, it made more sense to me seeing what's behind those two guys. And they, like you said, they run a lot of full-time, two full-time mm-hmm. linebackers. So, um. It does make sense when you look at their roster. That was kind of a spot where they needed some depth, and you know, uh, Bernard's—he looks a lot like Matt Milano to me as far as <laughs> what they're saying and his builds and stuff. And um, with Edmonds moving on possibly next year, those two together is a—it's an enticing him and Milano be an enticing duo. You know, yeah. Um, they ask those linebackers to do a lot, and you, you got to be able to cover, and you got to be able to cover some ground. So, um, yeah, it's uh. Definitely the guy that popped up that makes you go, wait a minute, like who's this guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like you, like you, like you. I, I watched a little bit of him, I had some notes on him, but didn't do a deep dive by any means. But right. um, him going in the third round certainly, uh, you know, gets your attention. Yeah, definitely. And you know, his grades, his grades weren't terrible um, last year. He was seventy four point eight overall grade, uh, sixty point five in coverage, but seventy nine point seven run defense, seventy eight point zero pass rush put up like 36 pressures and seven sacks on, on 126 attempts. So, I mean, decent numbers there at Baylor, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be a name to kind of keep on your radar for when slash if, or if slash when uh, Edmonds or, or yeah. Milano kind of gets hurt this season. And then we'll see how yeah. they kind of address the position uh, after that. So yep. yeah. Uh, tempering expectations again right (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yep yep it's gonna be uh an injury for him to be prominent at all this year yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh, another one in the third round to the miami dolphins third round 38th pick in the third round channing tindall yeah um i i like this i like this landing spot i like the player um you know um Jerome Baker's the guy in Miami, right? Yeah. Um, and, and if you just look at the the LB two spot there, you're looking at like a Landon Roberts is is the guy that Tindall has to contend with to, to earn that spot. Not necessarily a full time spot, generally for right. Miami scheme like last year by any means. Um, they they did bring Josh Boyer back. We were talking about a little bit about this uh, before. Maybe the scheme changes a little bit, but we kind of I think we probably know kind of what it looks like. Yeah, you know, with him coming back. Um, so I mean. Th- there's a chance he pushes Landon Roberts for sure for some for some snaps. I'm not ex- dude temper expectations, right? We're, <laughs> we're, we're just gonna say it. We're just gonna say it, man. Yeah. Um, but I think you could push a Landon uh, Roberts for sure um, for the LB two spot. Um, and you know he could unseat Jerome Baker at some point and be the guy in Miami. And Tyndall, you know, we talked about enough on the pre-draft pod. He's he's an inexperienced player. Never really mm-hmm. started at Georgia. You know his role grew and all, but what he what he does well sticks out on tape, right? Mm-hmm. The range, the speed, the power, his ability as a blitzer. It, I mean, it just sticks out. And he was fine in coverage, right? He, yeah. As far as uh, you know, grade wise, it was pretty solid. And um, 
if he develops into the player that we were hoping, I mean, he could take over that lead role in Miami and be the dude. And I, I, I'm, I like this landing spot a lot. I like the player and, um, yeah, I, I, I like his long-term outlook in Miami and, you know, it, it is even early on, you know, maybe later in the year, whatever the, the competition for the, the spot next to Baker isn't, isn't all that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a big hurdle. Yeah. So. No, definitely. And, and yeah, like we said, like in the pre-draft episode, right, this is a guy that I don't think either of us really expected him to kind of come in and start in the NFL right away because right. of yeah. his his yeah. history of being this kind of career backup at Georgia. But he always graded well. He always looked good when he was on the mm-hmm. field, even if it was in, in smaller um, sample sizes this but last season specifically, he he got a bigger role and and he really did a lot with uh, with what he was given and so I think there's this glimmer of hope there with Tyndall right and uh, more yeah. so than some of the other guys uh, on this mm-hmm. list and and like you said Brian Flores is gone defensive coordinator Josh Boyer re- remains but we could still see some usage shifts there maybe a little bit but. Um, for me, basically, it kind of comes down to Jerome Baker being this yeah. this kind of one-dimensional player that the past three years where he, he's not a good run defender, he's he's average in coverage, but he he is an effective blitzer and, and pass rusher, right? And that's where uh, his best NFL value comes from yeah. right now. Um, yeah. And I, I know the Dolphins extended him, but Tyndall, to me at least, is someone who can do all of that stuff well. Um, you know, he's solid in run defense, he's strong in coverage, he can be as effective a blitzer as Baker, which he, he did show at yeah. Georgia. He had uh, an 81.5 pass rush grade, put up 26 pressures, nine sacks on, on over a hundred attempts. So definitely a guy that you know, we might have to hold for a minute as we wait yep. until he takes over, but uh, can yep. easily, like you said, be the LB two there um, because yeah, Landon Roberts and uh, Sam Aguavoen, if he's even still there, I don't yep. know <laughs> those guys. <laughs> either, yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, for the time being, he you know he'll he'll be that LB two and then could kind of carve out a role for himself um, yep. that is that is much more productive than what we've got from linebackers of of the Dolphins past and eventually get that kind of LB one role because. Uh, yeah, that's that's what we're going to be holding hope for because that LB two role, like you had mentioned, it's just not ideal for for IDP yeah. um, right now. But it doesn't mean that for dynasty purposes, uh, you know, we should be throwing Tyndall, you know, down the river because I think there is right. a chance for him to emerge there uh, as the top guy. Yeah, and I think you know, even though that LB two role isn't necessarily ideal for IDP being full time or anything, is uh, you know. I'd love to see him earn that and get on there mm-hmm. and show what he's got. Right. It's, yeah. You always love to see these guys get their chances to play, you know, a decent amount of snaps and show what they have and see it in the NFL. You know, you just, you want to see him do it in the league, right. To, to really give you some conviction in what they can be. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Miami's a really good spot for him to do that. Right. Because it's, it could be a, starting spot in quotations yeah. but it's not right. a full-time role right exactly. so which is exactly. he's kind of used to he you know he, yep. he can yep. start games and he'll play a, a limited sample size but um it give get gets him kind of caught up to the speed of the nfl and gives him ex- yep. some experience there while playing you know behind jerome baker and eventually kind of take over that spot so yep. yeah i'm optimistic man i i, I like tyndall uh, a fair bit and uh, i think he's got potential as uh, as a dynasty um stash slash uh um star at, at least uh down the road absolutely 
All right. So last guy on the list here, as far as who's been uh, the top 10 linebackers drafted, uh, coming in from the 39th spot in the third round, it is Leo Chanel from Wisconsin going to Kansas City. Uh, well, it, it, <laughs> it happened, right? Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, Spags took out his sword and he <laughs> stuck it in our backs as he always does. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, there, there was that small glimmer of hope that Nick Bolton and Willie Gay would be the every down guy guys that it disappeared pretty quickly and i think you know for for a lot of us we were expecting this at at least uh, i did to some degree so at least it didn't drag on too long uh through the off season with the rug getting kind of ripped out from under us at the last minute in like late july or august or something like that um but yeah for those that don't know kansas city uh is and has been essentially linebacker purgatory where any linebacker um, can can be effective in a, in a given week, but because of how they're deployed, picking which linebacker for each week will pretty much always be a pain in the ass. Um, Nick Bolton, who we all love, played just 56% of the team's defensive snaps uh, last season and had to post incredibly efficient tackle numbers. He had like a 19.5% tackle efficiency just across that 100 tackle mark. So that that will always be kind of an outlier number more than anything with those kinds of snaps that uh, that Spagnolo deploys. So I'd expect Chanel to play even less than that, probably around forty percent at best. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Chiefs last year they 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 had a specific strategy for how they wanted to deploy these guys. I think you know Ben Neiman, for example, he was their one third down linebacker last year. I'd bet. That's probably going to be Willie Gay this year with a mix of like Bolton and Chanel or Bolton and and Willie Gay on first and second down. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be another mess. Uh, It's too bad, too, because Leo Chanel had the makings of, you know, another guy like Chad Muma, uh, an IDP star in the right landing spot. But this is anything but the right landing spot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dude, uh, like you know, like you said, Spags hates IDP. The Chiefs yeah. hate IDP. They want to make it as messy and as confusing as possible for us. And as soon as you like a guy, they want to just stab you right in the heart, yep. man. It's just what they do. Um, yeah, dude. I, it, you know, I was a big Chanel fan. I wanted to, I wanted him to go. I think I loved your uh, your pre draft spot to the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. was it, wasn't it? But yeah, the more I thought about after we were talking, I was like, man, that is a great spot for him because they need they they're bad against they've been bad against the run and they, yeah. they need that. But um, instead he goes to Kansas City and, and just you know pisses us all off. But um, <laughs> yeah, like you, you know you were talking about with Kansas City being a mess and what's there. Okay, you look at Nick Bolton, who's already viewed as this run stuffer everybody's excited about. Well, that's what Chanel's best at. Yeah, he's a box enforcer. So there's a duplicate skill set right there. What the hell do you do with that? Yeah. So then you look at Willie Gay. He's got some coverage upside. Chanel's not good in coverage. That you know, was our one of our biggest knocks on him. So, you know, if they're looking for the the third down guys, Willie Gay's <laughs> going to have him there. Yeah. Um, so it's like, where does he fit in? And you know, like you said, forty percent of the snaps is you know, that's maybe it. You know, I it's uh, it's. It, it's a headache and it Kansas city is a headache and always will be a freaking headache if they keep this up, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, 
I am just very, uh, very bummed about this spot for Chanel, and I just don't see, I, I just don't see any real significant, you know, production coming on him as a rookie, being as what's there, because you're never gonna know which week to play. If he is yeah. getting some snaps, you're never gonna pick the right week, you know. And then it, it's Bolton week and Gay, Willie Gay week and whatever. But you know, the him and Bolton having similar skill sets as far as being run stoppers um, isn't great at all. And yeah. You know, Chanel's not out there to cover at all. He's in there to destroy whoever has the ball in blitz. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, draft them, draft them late, stash them, see what the hell happens, <laughs> and that's about all you can really. He's got an uphill battle for for snaps. It's, yeah. It is what it is. So, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like even you know some of these guys we're talking about, like how injuries might open up uh, a spot yeah. for them, right? Where <laughs> yeah. with with the Chiefs, you know, even if there is an injury to a Nick Bolton or Willie Gay, there's no yeah. guarantee that Chanel is still getting a full time role. They're they're gonna put Jermaine yeah. Carter out there. They're gonna put <laughs> no. uh, Darius Hair, whoever the hell is on the roster. I yeah. mean, Spags exactly. might get out there himself and play some first down <laughs> linebacker uh, because anything. To get yeah. to not give a yeah. full time role to to one yeah. player, so and it's just he'll, the way he'll it do is. whatever it takes. If he's got to get out there himself, I'm confident Spags will do yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it takes <laughs> to, to make it suck for us. Yeah, that's and that's that's the problem, right? So I mean, it's hard, right? Because I don't want to rank him like dead last from this group because I know you know the, he he yeah. can be effective, uh, and I know he's such a good run defender and he's such a good player. I, aside from like you know he's not amazing in coverage, but for IDP right. purposes, he can be really good. So I, mm. I I find I really struggle with Chanel and and kind of what to do with him and where to draft him. And mostly, I'm just not drafting him. I, I think you yeah. know if, if it's like best ball or something like that, I might take a stab at him late. But yeah. that that's about yeah. it. Yeah, if he, I mean, if you got a you know a deep draft, you know, you're talking fifth round later. Yeah. By all means, throw the dart, man. Yeah. Throw in your taxi squad, see how it develops. But yeah, I'm not looking to draft Chanel. It's just, I mean, Kansas City linebackers are a freaking nightmare now. It just got even worse, man. Yeah. You know, as far as trying to figure out how this is all going to play out, so and you're never going to guess right. No, that's the problem. You know. <laughs> Yeah, that's I know. It's frustrating. They're they're always going to be frustrating. So yeah. Um. But yeah, though th- those were the first ten off ball linebackers drafted. Was did anybody else that got drafted this year, or I mean, even undrafted, maybe uh, stand out to you that somebody in a good spot or somebody that you'd want to uh, touch on? Yeah. Um. So this was a guy we talked about on the uh, pre draft pod. And that's Brandon Smith. Mm-hmm. Um. Brandon Smith went in the fourth round, 120th overall to Carolina. Um. You know, we we covered him enough as far as his profile. Big athletic linebacker, moves well. You know, big powerful dude. Um, just his eyes need to catch up to the game processing. You know, yeah. he's gonna take a little time. But I, I like this landing spot for him. You got Corey Littleton and Damian Wilson, who's currently in some hot water for whatever right. happened. I don't know the details at all. I just know that those are the best two guys on the roster currently. Whether or not he plays, I don't know. Right. Um, not exactly uh, huge obstacles to overcome for Brandon Smith if he does develop and, and catch up to the game. You know, like he's he's got the skill set to be effective as far as coverage wise and, and blitzing wise, and he's played in space and he does he's done a lot of stuff at Penn State. He just needs to catch up processing the speed of the game, and it's gonna like you said, it gets even harder in the NFL, right? Yeah. So it's gonna take a little time, but as far as path to snaps, it's not it's not crazy you know, tough competition for him to overcome to see snaps, 
you know, it's maybe at some point later in the year this year, probably not likely, but next year for sure. I mean, fourth round pick isn't ideal capital, not the worst when you consider what he is as a player and what he could be if he ever catches catches up, you know, as far as seeing the game to how he can play the game. This is what right. I always thought the problem with Brandon Smith. You know, he has all the skill, I think. I've always been a fan of his. It's just as far as, you know, catching up, seeing everything right, and, and being able to put it all together. So I, I just think, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy I want to take a shot on yeah. in, in the later rounds and see what happens um, for me anyway. How about you? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I like the Smith call. Was he a former four-star or five-star recruit? Uh, he was a five star. He was a five star. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's it's not the worst spot. It's you know we know what Corey Shittleton is at, at this point <laughs> too, right? So you know he kind of turned back yep. into a pumpkin after his time with the Rams. So he's uh, yep. yeah. There, there's definitely a path there for for Brandon Smith. And you know we weren't, or at least I wasn't like super high on him coming out. But again, landing spots kind of changed that, yep. and and you could kind of visualize. Uh, how things could go for some of these guys yep. and, and it's not impossible for smith so i like it you're just looking for a chance right yeah you know yeah. with these guys you know a chance to relevancy is really all we're looking for for the back end of your taxi squad or roster exactly yeah. exactly yep. yeah so for me I, I there was one guy um way in the fifth round uh that i wanted to talk about so that was micah mcfadden mm. uh going nice. to the giants so again the if nothing else for the Giants, McFadden, you know, he could be the LB2 there behind Blake Martinez this year, which, again, this is not a big role, um, and it, it probably won't be a big role under uh, Don Martindale, who comes in as the new defensive coordinator, formerly of the Ravens, but Tay Crowder is undeniably awful. He's uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not good, man. He they, He's been getting chances, yeah. and he's yeah. just, he's terrible. So, yeah. They're they're not going to be running these two full full time linebackers, but McFadden, I think he could be useful in kind of deeper leagues as like a big play specialist for the Giants. So Martindale, um, he likes to blitz his players a lot, and McFadden can be a legitimate contributor in that role. I think after yep. earning, it was the second highest pass rush grade among all linebackers in the FBS last year it was ninety two point zero. Um, posting 32 pressures, eight sacks on 124 pass rush attempts. So I, I think he could be a nice, maybe even a best ball ad later in those kinds of drafts, but somebody with that sack upside from the linebacker position and, and could step in as as the next guy up if if even Blake Martinez is not healthy um, coming off the uh, the torn ACL. So and, and Martinez only has one more year left on his contract as well, I believe. So, you know, if... if um, McFadden starts to show well, there's at least, again, another one of those kind of paths to to a potential mm-hmm. uh, role in the NFL, and which leads to a role for, for IDP, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I dig it, man. I You know, I, I got to see a fair amount of McFadden um, at Indiana, and I always thought uh, he was a tough dude. And yeah, like you said, he's a really good blitzer, and that's something that he can bring to the Giants. And, you know, other than you know, I hope the best for Blake that he comes back healthy. I've always been a Blake fan, yeah. being a former Packer fan. I hope he comes back. But, you know, like, who knows how he's going to come back, too. And take take Crowder ain't good, man. Like, you know, <laughs> that, so, you know, like, you can't, you can't tell me the Giants are happy with what he's got. So, I mean, McFadden could push him easily for that spot next to him. And then if something happened to Blake and McFadden's showing some promise, you know, who knows? So, yeah. I, I like I like that call a lot, man. Okay, nice. Yeah, I'll take some stabs at McFadden late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. 
All right. So, yeah, so we've kind of run down some of our um, our thoughts on these guys. How about for ranking them? Uh, if you want to just go 1 to 10 or, well, I guess we, we named 10, 12 players, but it's up to you. We'll start at number 1 because I think number yeah. 1 shouldn't really be a surprise, right? I don't think that's changed for either no. of us pre to post nope. draft. <laughs> yeah, so, Not at all. Yeah, so Devin Lloyd is number 1. Um Yep. going to the Jaguars. How about for number two? Who do you have at number two? So I, I felt compelled. It's, this is close for me for this number two, number three. I had to go Quay the Quack Walker. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Him and Kobe Dean are very close to me. Uh, spoiler alert on my next guy, but uh, I just, you know, I, I had to put the quack at number two. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I could see it, right? I, I ended up going to Kobe Dean uh, for, yeah. for number two, so there wasn't a change uh, for me there, I just, I, I love the landing spot and yeah. I, like the medicals, they, as much as they're concerning, they don't seem to be right now. And yep. I, I'm just betting on the talent, um, yeah. kind of overcoming that, so, you know, and yeah. well, while at the same time being aware that it might not be this year, um, mm-hmm. betting for, for next year and, and beyond, I think he could be a really good linebacker for a long time. So, absolutely, um, yeah, I went to Kobe. I, Dean I would too. think too, um, in drafts, you you can see you're gonna see them go before and after each other. The, yeah. From what I'm seeing in drafts, I mean I I haven't seen anybody but Lloyd go first in the few I've done. Right, and I've seen him go late first. I've seen him go early second. Yeah, and that's totally fine. You know, um, uh, yeah, and then you know Quay and Nicobe Dean. I've seen Nicobe Dean go before Quay and pretty much all of them, and I've seen Quay go before him once or maybe, but um, I think you could see either way. But I would say more often than not, Nicobe Dean's gonna go ahead of him. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think I could easily see that one flipping and and this one. So for my number three, I think what I did, I, I might have overcorrected a little bit because I didn't put Quay <laughs> Walker. I put Quay Walker at four, but I put Channing Tindall at three. And basically what it came down to was even though the LB2 spot for the Dolphins is worse than the LB2 spot for the Packers potentially um, with mm-hmm. everything that you laid out, I think that path to LB1 um, with the team is is easier to overcome for Tyndall. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm liking both players mm-hmm. long term and and not really looking at this year. And I I just have a better feeling about Tyndall kind of getting that that starting spot over um, over Baker better than I do Quay Walker over Campbell. Not and and I have Quay Walker at four, but it's basically like three A and three B for me yeah. if, if that makes sense because Absolutely. I think. Well, I mean, Devondre Campbell's, like you said, he's 29. He's going to be, you know, into his 30s by the time that contract is up. So I don't expect him to play out that full contract with right. the Packers. And and his play could drop off as well. So, um, yeah, it's really close. But uh, who did you have it for? Um, so, yeah, I had Dean three and I had I have Troy Anderson at four. Oh, OK. Um, Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I. I'm probably a little more optimistic on Troy Anderson developing as a player than some people might be, but um, yeah, you know, I excited uh, for the spot for him. And I think he has a real shot to uh, seize that role for 23 for sure. And, and, you know, cement himself in one of them, the beautiful full-time jobs in Atlanta that's uh, productive. So um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that would be a nice one. And yeah, Troy Anderson, it was five for me. So he, he was the biggest mover for me um, between 
like our pre-draft rankings because I think I had him at 10. Um, and then right okay. before the draft, I put out a, an updated rankings list as I kind of spent a little bit more time on it. Um, I, he was eight for me. So from post-draft to now, he went up five spots. Um, and yeah, it's basically, it's that landing spot and it's good draft yep. capital. Um, yeah. So I think there's there's a path there for Anderson to be a starter. But yeah, I... I I couldn't put him higher just because I'm not like fully sold on, on who he is as a player. Um, but it's not to say that he can't get there. I, I think, I think he definitely can. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of, you know, yeah. How fast does he transition from Montana state? to the Yeah. Arizona, yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> you know, and does he transition well, but uh, I totally, totally fair. Yeah. Um, five for me and my five and six, I've flopped. I can't tell you how many times I have. I'll just throw them both out. Five for me is Christian Harris and six is Channing Tindall. And yeah. I've had them, I've had them both, both ways. Um, and I think in drafts, you will see Troy Anderson, Christian Harris, Channing Tindall. When right. the run starts, that's the, you know, yeah. you got Devin Lloyd going early, wherever the hell Dean and Quay Walker kind of fall. And then you'll see some offense sprinkled in and then yep. everybody's waiting for that next exciting linebacker run. And that's Anderson Harris Tindall. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. No. Yeah. A hundred percent that, that makes perfect sense. So yeah, I put, um, yeah, I think it's Harris. Yeah. Harris and it's six Muma at seven. So th- this has already even changed since I put out my, like IDP rookie rankings uh, yeah. article. So where I had, I think Muma ahead of Harris. And then I, I just, I, I started, Harris started to grow on me. So I, I've moved him up. So he was previously nine for me before the draft and he's moved up now, what, three spots um, to, to number six. And, and uh, I put, I put Chad Muma at, uh, at seven, but it, it probably could well. be Asamoah. It could be Brandon Smith. Yeah, it could be any of those absolutely. guys who have easier paths, but uh yeah, didn't want to drop Muma too much. No, I, exactly. I, I I have Muma at seven as well, and that yeah. was my exact train of thought. Was after that, you know, we just I was just talking about that linebacker, that second linebacker run when when Anderson, Harrison, Tindall go. Like you're looking at these guys: Muma, Chanel, Bernard, yeah. Brandon Smith. You know, like I can't get myself to put those guys ahead of Muma because of the player I think he is, and I would rather take the chance on him ahead of those guys and have him on the taxi squad for when he does get his shot, because I'll be pissed if, if he turns out to be the guy that I think he can be, you know, yeah. and I don't have him on my roster. So <laughs> I have, I have Muma at seven as well. Nice. All right. And then, uh, number eight, I put Leo Chanel. Who'd you have there? I have Asamoah. At eight. Okay. Yeah. I should, I should, I should drop Chanel more. I really should. Yeah. It's just, I know it's the Chiefs, right? I he really That's, should be lower, but I think he could. I think even like, even if it's a small role, I think he has the ability to be productive. So that's kind of what I'm betting on. But I, I'm not yeah. drafting him. I mean, I, yeah. at this point in the draft, there's not really anybody that I'm I'm taking because Chanel's going to be gone. But I'll I'll take shots on like a Brandon Smith, Michael McFadden sure. later than I would Leo Chanel earlier. Yep. So. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I have Asimov eight and Chanel nine, and Chanel's below him just because of Kansas City. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. like Chanel more as a player, <laughs> and they have similar capital. It's just you know, just Kansas City. Just uh, you know, I just I see. I guess you know we talked it out some too, and I agree with you. There is a chance Chanel does. You know, he what he does, he does well. There's a mm-hmm. chance he does earn some some run. I just I my mindset was Asimov has a better chance at a full time job eventually, but yeah, I mean. 
I just I, I agree with you. I don't see myself getting much Leo Chanel from where he's going to go in drafts because of this Kansas City spot. It's yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, we need Spags to get fired or to just <laughs> like get hired somewhere else. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Maybe get maybe the USFL offers him like a contract he can't refuse, <laughs> and then he could just like mess with their linebackers. Leave right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I had Asamoah nine and I put Brandon Smith 10. Um, so <laughs> I, I kept our top 10, basically the same guys that we talked about before the draft. Um, I didn't yeah. add in, I didn't end up adding Bernard into the top 10. Nope. Brandon Smith's 10 for me as well. Nice. Same thing. All right. So there we go. Uh, we done did it again. Um, as you could probably tell by listening to this episode, the rookie linebackers aren't in the sexiest situations this season, but hopefully we helped clarify what our expectations are for them now uh, that they've been drafted. And as always, a big thank you to the great one, Kyle Bellafuel, <laughs> coming in off the top rope to drop knowledge on us all and, and to sort through this this messy linebacker group. So, Kyle, thank you, my man. Uh, it is always a pleasure. Oh, man, pleasure's all mine, dude. Um, dude, I, I seriously appreciate you having me on and having me back here. Uh, this is a blast just getting to hang out with you and talk you know, before the show and then discuss all these uh, linebackers during the show and sort this all out, man. Like you said, it's... You know, on the surface, it's not the prettiest picture, but like when you start to put it together a little bit, you can kind of see it's not as horrible as it looks on the surface, yeah. right? Um, but, you know, there's still some, you know, things we got to figure out. You know, we could probably do a full hour on Quay Walker and the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, no, it's, you know, like, I, you know, we said enough uh, this episode, people are probably tired of hearing the word patience, but that's the biggest thing with this group, right? Is if you're going to draft these guys you, where they fall, you're, you really can't just go in thinking they're going to steal full-time yeah. jobs right off the bat, right? It's it's just not likely. Um is it possible for a few of these guys? Sure. Yeah. It's just not likely. And if if you put them on your tax squad and wait a year, you could have some really nice IDP assets down the road as we see how this all shakes out, man. A little bit of patience to go a long way with this group. There's some good players in some decent spots. Some 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 spots we like a little bit more than others, like Tyndall, Miami, Harris in Houston, Anderson, Atlanta, that are exciting. Yeah. But, you know, year one, temper expectations, like we said. Definitely. But down the road, you could have yourself something. So, um, yeah, buyer beware. That's all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, these guys are gonna get drafted, right? Like that's the yeah. thing. They're they're, yeah. they're getting drafted no matter what. Who? It's just it's just what our expectation is gonna be of them once yeah. once they're on our rosters, right? And most likely, that's gonna be taxi squad guys um, or on our bench, just kind of being patient and, like you said, temper expectations. Uh, because look, as we learned last year, rookie linebacker, good draft capital doesn't mean shit uh we 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 don't know what's gonna happen exactly but uh hopefully we helped you guys kind of figure it out but um kyle please remind uh the good folks where they can find you and your work oh right on man yeah uh you can find all my work over at idpguys.org um i haven't really wrote anything in for a bit here uh, on the site recently, but I've been working on the, the draft mag that'll be coming out very soon. Um, and then uh, I've been doing some work with uh, 
uh, me and Nate and uh, Logan from IDP guys. Logan's doing some rankings along with Josh and Adam and Bobby um, from from the IDP show, the the lovely trio there, uh, put together this IDP draft kit along with our, our buddy, the scheme ad scientist himself, Trip. Um, right. He's also involved. <laughs> um, shout out, Trip. Uh, always enjoy chatting it up with him as well. Um, so that's been a lot of fun working on this IDP draft kit that's coming out. So that's that's been uh, mainly what I've been working on and. Um, uh, I'm going to start uh, putting out some articles here, hopefully in the near future when, uh, when I get some time and always, uh, always available for any questions and, and anything on Twitter DMS are open. If anybody has any or anything at all, man. But um, once again, it's, thanks for having me on, dude. This was a blast and uh, look forward to uh, look forward to doing this again. Hopefully next year, maybe if you have me back, you know, <laughs> absolutely, man. At any time. Uh, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight coming on here and, and, shooting the shit talking linebackers with me i means a lot and i i think people uh, i think people do enjoy getting to hear uh, all the insight that you bring to the table so um thank you man um but yeah that that's it i have been uh pff underscore macri on the twitter uh thank you to everybody who tuned in uh thank you to kyle i appreciate you all i will be back in a couple of weeks to recap the rookie edge class Uh, next with the man joey the tooth so be on the lookout for that and until next time id peace out